0: real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 12th, 2020. It is a pretty insane day. Um, a lot of you are thinking, well, what's happening? I'm not seeing too much. We've got the president spitting some serious fire this morning. He's been really on the ball in regards to tweeting, uh, so amazingly about Obamagate and much, much more. Uh, I've been busy at work, uh, uh, th- guys, I've spent so many hours. I, I think last night I, I actually got uh, the first, um, you know, full six and a half hours of sleep. Um, it's been thing after thing because, you know, uh, this is only going to get worse. Uh, They are seriously out for blood, and I am so glad that uh, I was able to uh, get myself sources within law firms, (laughs) which is always great, Um, and uh, get information from people that I... uh, Uh, No, in the eastern district of virginia and it seems that you know they're trying to counter everything that's coming they cannot stop what's coming but they're trying to counter it like nobody's business uh yesterday i had a great interview ran three hours i'm gonna edit that into like possibly three little shows obviously exclusive first to my subscribe star um you know supporters uh you know i i spent three hours just recording it so it's gonna take me a while to Kind of chop it up and, uh, you know, add the information in the background uh, to the discussions. I I thought that uh, that's a better way to convey these interviews as opposed to just, you know, dry. Uh, So that's a very interesting one, Uh, that uh, little tidbit there. But the information that I've come across is insane. And sometimes I get prompted to talk about stuff. I mean, I've talked to you guys about uh, you know, how they combat our ability to communicate through social media, right? We all know, uh, obviously everyone's going to be, oh, shadow ban. Well, you know, I have, uh, an article that I'm going to write about, but you know, my listeners hear about it first. And, uh, this is why you guys are so in the know. And, uh, you know, maybe you guys should all start doing this because the one thing about a PSYOP, right? When you want to psychologically put someone in a box and guide them to where you want, you have to use what you know exists and an ego, the human ego, right? Humans suffer from this. The human ego is a very big deal. Uh, they use that, um, against you. They use it against you, uh, in more than more ways than you can understand, um, SCOTUS gate is coming out to the forefront. And I think even, uh, in respect to general Flynn, ugh, please don't say that Sotomayor has anything to do with this. Cause this is, this is huge. This is very huge. And why are they going to other judges that have been on, you know, cases against Trump campaign officials, chit chatting so that that judge can talk into the ear of the other judge, this is unacceptable stuff and it's not directly judge to judge, right? It's their clerks, their staffers, their coffee girls, coffee guys, you know, back channels. Um, speaking of back channels... Remember a couple days ago, I talked about how Comey's, uh, tweet was cryptic and he was referring to using Roblox for communications. Well, I have to say thank you, um, uh, to a follower and I, I follow her too. I mean, she has some really good, um, content that she puts out. Um, she, uh, you know, found, uh, that the U.S. Army, Had Roblox on just a couple days ago. And that was pretty, you know, this is, this is it. See, this is why we need to be using Twitter the right way and everyone's doing it wrong and that you're part of the problem. All of you, you know, every single one of you is part of the, stop Tori. No, no, no. I'm all about the movement. I'm all, nope you don't want to, but you are doing exactly what they want you to do. Exactly what they want you to do. And you know, you're not getting it, that you're doing it. You're not understanding that you're doing it. And that's the beauty of it. That is how they successfully deploy these programs by you not knowing that you're actually partaking. You think, you know, that what you're doing is the right thing. You think that you're just doing, no, you're, participating in operation gridlock and operation gridlock was something from a long, long time ago that was done more old school and that's putting out news and controlling the media and what is being said in a way that's favorable pro the country pro, you know, what the people want, but it's really not. It's clearly just a cloak to keep you in that echo chamber and not see what's going on. So it's really, really interesting um, you know how things are panning out. Now, Washington Post actually published an article saying that John Gleason, who served uh, as U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of New York and Chief Criminal Division U.S. Attorney's Office in that district, David O'Neill is the Acting Assistant Attorney for Justice Department Criminal Division and Assistant U.S. Attorney of Southern District of New York. Marshall Miller served as the highest ranking career official in the criminal Division as chief criminal division for the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District. Now they are all chiming in that if the judge doesn't dismiss the case, then it's all over for General Flynn. Why they have hired people to do this? And I'm going to um, let you in now. Now we're going to listen to others people. Con- see if you are able to see and cut through the noise. If you're using Twitter the right way, you see all this stuff. So I'm going to play for you a clip that just came out and um, Millie Weaver did this. It's incredible. And then we're going to visit clips from 2018 where you can hear the individuals that are orchestrating it, how it's done. Take a listen.
1: ...honorated from trumped-up charges, former U.S. attorneys are plotting ways to go after Flynn again in the not-so-distant future. One, in particular, is North Dakota's former Obama-appointed U.S. attorney, Tim Purden. In 2018, Chris Berg, Fox affiliate host of Point of View, asked Purden if there was any chance Flynn would have his charges dropped.
2: We don't have to debate anymore whether or not Michael Flynn lied to the
3: FBI. He's pled guilty Yes, we it. do. The judge he, just said, I want to see the 302s because I think this guy was manipulated and they illegally yeah, unmasked see, I don't, I don't Michael think Flynn. With all due respect,
2: I don't think that's why the the judge wants to see the 302s. You're okay the that Andy
3: McCabe showed up with FBI agents and told him not to have an attorney yeah, and so, said, hey, don't worry about representation. That's against the
0: law.
1: Purden replied over Twitter, betting that if Mike Flynn's charges get dismissed, I will wear a MAGA hat on point of view. If not, you include hashtag Purden Nation in all your tweets for a month. Needless to say, after Flynn's charges were dropped, Berg called out Purden on his show, inviting Purden to come back on wearing a MAGA hat.
3: So I did tweet that out today. So hopefully Monday night, Mr. Purden will join us. We can talk about charges being dismissed, and I cannot wait to see him in a nice red Make America Great Again hat.
1: So what does former U.S. Attorney Tim Purden do? He goes back on his bet and throws Berg under the bus. Imagine, just imagine building a Twitter account and hashtag brand so powerful, so controversial, so popular, so threatening to the MAGAs that they literally put your 18-month-old tweet up on the TV news. Powerful hashtag brand, as in former US attorney. Popular, having 3,000 followers on Twitter doesn't seem that popular to me. Threatening to MAGA, the only thing I find threatening on this guy's Twitter account are the pictures of food he's posting. I can hear Gordon Ramsay roasting this guy now. Gordon Ramsay, what do you think of my healthy dinner? Looks like
4: your dog stopped by. Gordon Ramsay, rate the level of doneness on this steak. Delicious dinner. What do you think,
1: Gordon Ramsay? Roasted The only reason why Chris Berg put your 18-month-old tweet on TV is because he's holding you to your end of the bargain. We're still waiting, Tim. You never know. A MAGA hat might look good on you. Just saying. But rather than make good on a bet, Hurden and other former U.S. attorneys start looking for ways to attack Attorney General Barr and go after Flynn.
2: For my time there, I can tell you that the DOJ and its career employees...
1: You mean deep state operatives?
2: ...are a crown jewel of our political system and democracy. Bill Barr is destroying it all.
1: Crown jewel? As opposed to a national treasure? Isn't a crown jewel an asset of Her Majesty the Queen?
4: So there are some disadvantages to crowns, but, but otherwise, they're quite important things.
1: North Dakota does border Canada, which is subject to the crown, so I'm not surprised there's an implied loyalty that Purden has to the monarchy this country was founded on fighting against. According to CNN, D.C. U.S. attorney submitted court documents to dismiss Flynn charges with wrong D.C. bar number. The filing by Tim Shea, but with the number belonging to previous U.S. attorney, appears to be technically invalid. Hurden chimes in saying,
5: Yikes,
2: wait until Marshall of the Supreme Court gets a hold if this.
1: If this, don't you mean of this? Where are the grammar police when you need them? So this guy's literally arguing that the Flynn case should not be dismissed because of a technical error, and this guy's tweet has a technical error. So doesn't that kind of invalidate your entire tweet? Seriously, correctable errors are all you Flynn haters have? Since these type of clerical errors are fixable. Another former U.S. attorney says,
4: As a
2: 20-plus year DOJ prosecutor, the department's actions in the Flynn case make a mockery of the rule of law. As a former U.S. attorney, taking a position when no career prosecutor in your own office joins you is proof of that. Another shameful first.
1: As if it's a first that deep state operatives in the DOJ, who are willing to go along with the FBI extorting Flynn into a plea deal under duress, would still be plotting against the man. Shocking.
3: Something we I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. <laughs> and I thought it's early <laughs> enough, let's just send a couple guys over.
1: Another former U.S. attorney says... Only Judge Sullivan can dismiss the charges, so don't put on that hat just yet, Tim Purden. Plus, I would wait and see what the next AG does with the fair accounts. Statue of Limitations does not run until March 2022. Please, going after people for not registering properly under FERA is laughable since no one has been prosecuted under this obscure law this way until now. Even a 2016 DOJ inspector general's report concluded that the unit overseeing the law lacks a comprehensive FERA enforcement strategy. The reason why these former U.S. Attorneys are significant is because they were amongst 700 former U.S. Attorneys who signed a petition claiming the President tried to fire Mueller, which he didn't, though he technically could have, or tried to limit the scope of Mueller's investigation. Not that they lied to Trump saying he wasn't the target of the investigation or anything. Or that the president tried to prevent witnesses from testifying against him. Which Trump challenged in the Supreme Court, but the Dems couldn't wait to have his case heard. So they rushed to impeach him over it before his court date. You don't think that's because the court would likely have sided with the president's right to execute executive privilege, do you? By the way, where is Mr. Impeachment himself, Adam Schiff? who moved for impeachment over obstruction of congress aka exercising executive privilege while at the same time refusing to release transcripts from his secret skiff meetings that are alleged to have exculpatory evidence but i digress
4: newly released transcripts reveal top obama officials admitted they had no empirical evidence of collusion between president trump and russia during the 2016 campaign
1: As laughable as all of this is, it's not a joke because it shows that these corrupt Democrats will stop at nothing to destroy Trump, his supporters, and everyone surrounding him including this country. Something I do find troubling on Purden's Twitter feed is how he and other Democrats are pushing to change how we vote this election, which would make election fraud and voter fraud easier, all in the name of preserving the Democrats' power or the swap that just owns most of the Democrats.
2: North Dakota does not have voter registration. You show up in the polls and you vote.
4: Christian Averazilva and Harrison Quinteros have spent the summer phone banking and canvassing to get people to the polls on November 6th.
0: But they can't vote because they're both undocumented immigrants.
1: We have to come as a
3: community, as a whole, to make sure that our America becomes the country that we want it to be. The Texas Democratic Party is suing the state to expand who can vote by mail. We've got to flatten the curve. In-person voting is going to need to be, uh, the demand for it lowered. And the only way to do that is to
4: vote by mail. Some Kentucky counties will only have one polling place available on election day.
1: According to the National Conference on State Legislatures, just five states conduct all elections by mail.
4: Every one of those states that you mentioned is uh, a state that happens to be won by the Democrats. This afternoon, several Democratic state lawmakers are proposing a bill that would move all elections for the rest of this year to mail-in only voting.
6: Pennsylvania launched the website today where voters can request the newly legalized mail-in ballots.
5: Democrats want states to expand early absentee and mail-in voting. Have all the experts, both political parties and academia, laying out what it would take to have
3: voting by mail? I'd much prefer to have on, you know...
1: So it shouldn't be a surprise that Purden and other Democrats are pushing for mail-in ballots. Voting by app, voting over the internet, No vote ID requirements, no registration requirements, no checks and balances to protect the integrity of voting, because, you know, voting fraud and election fraud never has happened in this country.
5: There's an app that allows you to connect with people in other states and swap your votes. Can vote swapping
4: really affect the outcome of the election? We have to remember it's a very small percentage of the public that's engaged in this kind of voting behavior. But if the race is as tight as some polls show,
0: then vote swapping could absolutely impact this election.
1: Knowing that Trump will likely win re-election, these tactics could serve to steal the House and Senate seats to guarantee another impeachment attempt. Bottom line, we better get out there and vote. And make our elections more secure, or we're gonna wake up and find ourselves living in a deep state dystopia.
0: So true. So she put that together and, um, I'll have the article coming up. I'm hoping. I'm hoping uh, by tomorrow morning, and uh, get it, get it, get it in a nice, concise way, uh, so that way the word can be spread more. W- w- what we are seeing is their um, insane uh, drive, and uh, like Emily Weaver said, seven hundred of them. Seven hundred of them. So. I want you guys to listen to Tim well, Perdon, Trump, found- what what he said, right, what he said about General Flynn, what he said about Mueller, and some Easter eggs that are within this interview that are pretty insane. Because, see, I never, I, I don't troll people unless, you know, it's for a reason. Kind of like the way the president doesn't retweet people unless there's a reason. Like, for example, he retweeted Code Pink. But what was Code Pink. Tweet. It was a retweet of IET seventeen. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's so incredible, you know, to to be able to give that that hunch move that way. Anyway, I want you guys to listen to this interview from 2018, uninterrupted. This is incredible.
3: Studio is former U.S. Attorney from North Dakota, appointed by President. Barack Obama, I think that's an important note to make, Mr. Tim Purden. Great to have you here, sir. Thanks for having me back, Chris. So there's so many moving pieces, and I think you can start to see the chess pieces moving, how he farmed it out to you know the Southern District of New York and whatnot as if things lay right now what's your assessment of what all this means for donald trump yeah so the last
2: two weeks have been really moving it feels like the pace is picking yes. up right
3: and the last month
2: the last two weeks have been really uh, i think uh, 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 the pace has picked up so we're now getting to the point where uh, several key officials around around Trump are not being suspected of crime. They're not being investigated. Right, they've been convicted. We're talking about uh, Manafort, the chairman of his campaign. We're talking about his deputy chairman of his campaign. We're talking about his longtime personal lawyer, like his his uh, Tom Hagan, right? His consigliere, Michael Cohen, and we're talking about. I mean, amazingly, the former national security advisor, uh, Michael
3: Flynn. And, wait, wait, wait. See, this is what happened. And you and I love having this spat. None of this stuff is about Russian collusion or conspiracy. Even Michael Cohn, they said he was reached out to, and he's like, right. he didn't even respond to the emails. Go, let's go back to Flynn for a moment. Yeah. There's now a lot of reporting being done that the FBI sort of set Flynn up. So, even you know, Comey admitted that yeah, when he testified. So,
2: setting aside the the payoff of porn stars. In the days leading up to the election, setting that aside, let's talk about the guts of the of the Russia investigation. You know, where is the conspiracy to defraud the United States? So, Mike Flynn, I think Mike <laughs> Flynn is going to be the key to that. Part of this investigation, I agree with you. I, I think these somebody the campaign finance violations are very serious. I think people are going to go to. I mean, Michael Cohen is going to jail for them. I think the president yeah, is but he, implicated.
3: I, people saying that hey, I did that to save my family. Yeah,
2: well, that's fine. But th- th- that's fine. I mean, people plead guilty for lots of reasons. It doesn't make them any more guilty or less guilty. But, but let's get back to Russia. Can I just
3: pause yeah, for a yeah, sure. more because I do want to talk about having a balanced justice system? Sure. Okay. Edwards acquitted in front of a jury. Barack Obama had huge campaign finance, finance violations. DOJ did nothing. He paid $375,000 in fines.
2: Yeah, so there was no evidence that Obama knew anything about that, and that was a 48-hour uh, disclosure violation. That's very different than in the months leading up to an election, paying $150,000 to the National Enquirer to spike a story, to make sure that a story of a of a mistress, uh, a a porn star, a Playboy Playmate, that those stories don't see the light of day in the two or three weeks leading up to an election. That also is very different than the John Edwards case. And let's not forget, Edwards was charged, his counsel made a motion to dismiss, saying this isn't a crime, much like President Trump is saying now. The judge in that case said, no, no, no. This could be a crime if you can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. The law supports this charge. The jury acquitted in that case, and so the law of that case is actually that these, these sort of violations are criminal cases. But I really want to talk about Mike Flair. Right, right. That's what I want to talk about. So Mike Fle-
0: Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Tim Purden. You know, I've been on him because I got my tip from his own law office. Okay, guys. Two weeks ago, his own law office and, you know, boom. And so it begins because uh, I knew that it was a matter of time for General Flynn to be, uh, you know, released from the trenches of, you know, this fourth unelected branch of government and he would be coming out screaming. And so he did. So he did.
2: Flynn... um Met 19 times with Robert Mueller and his staff for like 70 hours. Wow. Right? So I, I've said, like, you and I are friends, right? I was just you and I are friends, tea, right? But <laughs> well, we've never met 19 <laughs> times, right? 19 times. That's stunning to me. Michael Flynn doesn't know anything about anything that happened in the administration after the first three weeks because he was shown the door, Uh, he was fired because of his his lying to the FBI that he eventually pled guilty to.
0: Lying to the FBI, let me just point out, not perjury. And he pled to that because they forced him to, okay?
2: All that he knows about is what happened before. He doesn't know anything about any obstruction of justice uh, in the investigation, doesn't know anything about campaign finance violations. All he knows about is the connections between the, the campaign and Russia. That's what he would be, have been being interviewed 19 times for hours and
0: hours. 19. Boy, that numerology is really getting to them.
2: Hours about? We're going to find out what he knew. I was going
3: to say, you're making that presumption. Uh,
2: well, they were talking about something. I mean, he, he, he had this phone <laughs> call with Kislyak. What did you say to him? They've got transcripts of this. You don't meet 19 times and talk for 70 hours about three or four phone calls. where.
0: Wait a minute. They were. They had him 19 times to talk about the phone calls that they already had the transcripts of, that they already heard and knew there was nothing there, and that he was acting of, in 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 his quasi official position and did absolutely nothing wrong. Yet here we have smiling Purden. Oh, by the way, let me just tell you something about this U S attorney. So back in 2015, when I started to become a big fat thorn in, uh, you know, this conglomerate of, uh, human trafficking, this is adults and children together. I, um, had filed a bunch of stuff, um, You know, from networks with nurses, doctors, and reservations um, against uh, the Attorney General of North Dakota. This is 2015. Now, uh, Tim Purden uh, was the U.S. Attorney at the time in North Dakota. He stepped down uh, the the minute I touched down my feet in that state. He stepped down from his position. Do you want to know why? Because from 2014, when they put a squeeze on him, he and the South Dakota U.S. Attorney, who, by the way, stepped down a couple of days. Well, I think the South Dakota attorney announced it a couple of days after the North Dakota U.S. attorney did. And then they both stepped down March 12th and 13th or March 11th and 12th. I don't remember the exact. It was a day difference. And then they both were rewarded by Eric Holder, which, by the way, you have to ask yourself, Why is Eric Holder having conversations about General Flynn and the cases that they are bringing against President Trump? Ah, oh yeah. What's the link? Barack Hussein Obama, who's going to be impeached. So just so you know, this U.S. attorney was forced to step down, even though he was one of Eric Holder's most beloved, beloved. And oh, another thing. Uh, Bob Mueller and Tim Purden, super BFFs. I'm just going to let you know on that one, you know, still chit, 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 chit. But this is where they're attacking Flynn. And the question is why General Flynn? Why General Flynn? I mean, Tim, you weren't in Afghanistan. Tim, you weren't in the Middle East. Why? Oh because he's part of the fourth unelected branch and he will work as hard as he can. Because the minute General Flynn starts speaking, the minute that umbrella that President Trump has given to all patriots of this nation, because you know what? Americans are warriors, right? Especially the ones that believe in the foundations of this nation. The minute General Flynn is flanked right, uh, is, is flanking the president of the United States, that umbrella expands even bigger to the intelligence community. And that's when, you know, your trail of tears from Canada down to the United States, hustling around indigenous people and children is going to be exposed. The complacent drug trafficking, the murdered whistleblowers, the most recent one executed by police, Right. Executed by police in Devil's Lake. Huh. That's all going to be coming out. So Tim Purden has had, you know, some thorn in his tushy um, called Tory <laughs> for, for a while. He just didn't know it was named Tory until they figured out it was Tory in 2017 and tried to do what they could and they couldn't. But you know what? That's OK. I'm OK with it. Just anyway, take a listen to this leader of this, uh, you know, how he describes the General Flynn case while he's laughing.
2: Where you've already got the transcripts. He's talking about something. And so this idea that that Flynn was set up by the, F, by the FBI, Michael Flynn's a national security advisor. He's not some babe in the woods. They told him they, they told him he could have a lawyer present. He said, no, he no. didn't. Uh, Christopher Ray said, would you like to have the White House counsel sit in?
0: stop. Freud and slip. So Christopher Ray said, would you like to have the White House? Christopher Ray wasn't in charge then. Or do I trust that Ray is in the right position? You see what I'm saying? I don't trust him as far as I can throw him, but I trust the fact that he's sitting right where he needs to be. Did you hear that? Because he just told you who was doing the deed for McCabe and Rod Rosenstein? Are you listening?
3: But that's Christopher Wray, but McCabe's the guy that directed uh, those FBIs to excuse go to the White me. House. Excuse me, excuse me. I meant to say Andrew McCabe. Yeah, and you know what you, you know what's happening with McCabe well, of right course. now? But the issue, what's happening with McCabe right now? The issue now? is start, whether... Wait, wait, just tell people what's happening with McCabe. Well, he's not
2: working at the FBI anymore. Why? No, I don't know. I, I mean, oh, come on. on that. Don't let's, give me that. No, no, let's no. Let's talk about wait, Mike wait, Flynn. wait, wait,
3: wait. Please give the audience some context about what's going on. McCabe's part of a grand jury right now because he lied. I think anybody who lies should be subject to the grand jury.
2: I mean, I, I don't... I, you know, if, if people at the FBI made mistakes or, or committed crimes, they should be investigated. They should be indicted. I agree with that. But Michael Flynn, this idea that the FBI set up the National Security Advisor adviser, like he was some babe in the woods, and and charmed, charmed, they somehow charmed him. He lied to the FBI,
3: and, no. he, li- and he lied, and he lied Tim, about. Tim, this is important because even the FBI agents that interviewed him said we have no reason to believe that he was deceptive. You know how they got him to, to to talk because they were using his own script from his conversation with Kislyak. They unmasked yeah. Michael Flynn. Yeah.
2: So. He wait, did wait, lie. To, wait, 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 he did point, lie to the FBI. That's what he pled guilty to. So I, I'm not supposing he lied. He stood up in open court and said, and, and "I." W- plead and what guilty. did the judge say today or yesterday? The judge said he wants to see the 302. Correct. Why? And I don't know. Ju- so Judge Sullivan is. So
3: let me ask you this: Why in the world would it take seven months to write the? Th- which, by the way, for our audience, a 302 is if I were to interview Tim as an FBI agent, then I need to go back and sort of contemporaneously write down all my notes from the interview. And so they didn't write down the notes for seven months. I've seen that. I mean, that that's a little unusual, but it's not unheard of. I mean, he, here's the
2: point.
0: Dude, I don't remember what I ate yesterday. Legit, I was actually trying to think of it. It was actually not good. Um, it not good. That's why I don't remember it. Um, but um, I, I, you see how he's making excuses. Yeah, it's not unheard of, but it happens. It's not supposed to happen, and it's not supposed to be heard of. You finish your interview, you do the paperwork, Right. But they didn't. And so now um, I just want to say so uh, this interview, right, happened after me sending a lot of hate mail. The hate emails to Chris Berg, uh, you know, because I was just like, why are you saying this? He's, oh, but he pled. No, he didn't. Like, push, push. No, it's not like this. It's like this. It's not like this. So I was like, "Mm," because I do that with a lot of journalists, by the way, people that I adore, people that I watch all the time, I push back. And I'm like, you're weak sauce. Why didn't you say this? Why don't you ask that question? Why didn't you do this? So there was like a huge, like hate mail rant from me on how, you know, this whole thing is just a facade and this guy is a clown. Obviously, you know, with pending investigate criminal investigations, you can't say much, right? <laughs> you can't say it. Oh yeah. But there's a pending criminal investigation because then you're giving it away that you have a tip off of grand jury. So you have to keep your mouth shut. Freud didn't slip. Maybe.
2: We don't have to debate anymore whether or not Michael Flynn lied to the FBI. He's
3: pled guilty. Yes, about we it. do. The judge he, just said I want to see the 302s because I think this guy was manipulated and they illegally yeah, unmasked. Michael I don't I don't Michael think that's Flynn. with all due respect, I don't think
2: that's why the the judge wants to see the 302s. Here's what I think's going on with that request. Michael Flynn comes in and says I or Michael Flynn comes and says no jail time.
0: First of all, it's General Flynn. Second of all, why did Judge Sullivan ask for it? Do you guys know why? Because the U.S. attorney, the prosecutor, uh, you know, Jesse, we talked about her. You know, the Chinese lady, the one that I said had strong ties. Yeah, that one. She was the one that was leading it. Remember, she was appointed by President Trump um, and she was supposedly Republican. Are you getting this? See, you know how we quashed this? I'm going to tell you how we quashed this. File charges against her. The judge has no choice but to drop the case because right now they're working on compelling. So I'm giving the answer and I'm going to tweet it out. Hey, this is what the DOJ has to do. You prosecute the U.S. attorney for misuse, for, for obstructing justice by concealing uh, exculpatory evidence, knowingly and willingly prosecuting someone that she knew was innocent, uh, you know, will make this all go away. But anyway, take a listen to what the swamp creature is telling you.
2: Right. I, I, I'm, I'm cooperating. I've had a distinguished career and I don't want to do any jail time. But he couldn't help himself, and his lawyers couldn't help himself in that final sentencing document. And I've written those documents. They had to take a poke. They had to feed the conspiracy. They had, to, they had to feed that crowd out there.
0: I've written those documents.
2: They had to put something in there about how the FBI is bad. And I think that Judge Sullivan perhaps was offended by that. And I think that Michael Flynn might be playing it too cute by half. And if you come in and say, I'm sorry, but really it was the FBI's fault, your no jail time sentence could go to six months. I think that this is a very risky game for Mike Flynn and his lawyers to be playing to say, oh, well, you know, yes, of course, I want to take responsibility and I'm going to cooperate, I'm going to meet 19 times, but really, you know, it, you know, it's those bad so guys. You're okay that the Andrew
3: McCabe showed up with FBI agents and told them not to have an attorney yeah, and so said, hey, don't worry about representation. That's again-
0: so, yeah, that is against the law. Okay here, Andrew here.
3: McCabe showed up with FBI agents and told him not to have an attorney yeah, and so, said, hey, don't worry about representation. That's against the law. So, Andrew McCabe called on
2: the phone and said, I'm going to send some agents over. Do you want to have White House counsel? He said no. Then a couple of other agents, not McCabe, I don't believe, showed up to interview him. And in that conversation, they did not... Telling him he needed
3: a lawyer, and they did not tell him that lying to the FBI is a crime. Right, I want to Flynn be clear. Flynn said this. Flynn said this. Yes, I, okay, if I have the White House counsel, then McCabe said if you're going to do that, I'm going to bring the DOJ yeah. with so he's basically forcing, to, which that's not part of the law. If you, you are, you have the right to representation.
2: Of course. And if Mike Flint said, I want a lawyer there, I, I, I he could have had one, but he waived that.
3: Right. But, but I'm, what he, I'm saying, I don't want to get in the weeds, but anyways, my point <laughs> is we're too late. He can't say- yeah. He
0: could have asked for it, even though he wasn't supposedly under investigation and didn't feel like he had anything to hide. And he was just bantering with FBI agents. Right. But <laughs> he should have done it. The sucker. Well, no, when you're officially being interviewed or interrogated. They don't just come and say, Hey, I have a qu- couple questions to ask. And this is where you ask, okay, uh, off the record, on the record, explain. Right. And they obviously made it look like off the record because they are, le- they are legally obliged to say that it's on the record and that they're coming in an official capacity. But they didn't say.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to, I want to get this because you're saying that Flynn wasn't set up. But I do want to place him for you because a lot of people are talking. Why do you laugh at that? Uh, I mean, Michael Flynn is not some babe in the woods. He's not some
2: some guy who's never dealt with government. He spent 30 years in the military.
0: Yeah, he did. And he's going to take every one of you're right. He's not a babe in the wood. And you're going to wish you guys never did this. When, when did he lie to him? Let
2: me th- ask th- you this. When did he lie to him? He lied to the FBI when they interviewed him, and they, he, they said... On January did 24th, did you, correct? Right, correct. Right. Yep. About what? And what did he lie to him about? He lied to him, apparently, about his conversations with Kislyak. Right. How do they know he lied? Because they had the transcript. Right.
3: So they illegally unmasked the guy. Well, and he's an I mean, incoming she, national security advisor talking to the ambassador to Russia. That Why is right. that even so a problem? So
2: everybody knows that if you call the ambassador to Russia... You're going your to get your phone tapped. You're going to get your phone tapped. But he
3: was unmasked as an American citizen.
2: Unmasking happens all the time. You want what, to... What if... What if what? Whoa, what? Kislyak is out trying to recruit assets every day. The Russians are out. People, Russians agents who have their phones tapped, what are they doing? They're trying to find people like, you. well, not like you and me, but people in the government who might have information for them. And we want to find out who they're targeting, who they're, who they're coming to. Unmasking, right. there's a procedure me, for me, it. It may me. have been followed in this case. You say it wasn't, but there is a procedure
3: for that. Yeah, and they, they illegally got the FISA warrants. And, oh, no, no. They were using <laughs> all right. Oh, they're using the, a <laughs> Russian dossier that even Jim Comey now, when he testified I think it was last week, was like, I don't know where it came from, I don't know what it is, I don't even know if it's been verified. You the, can't go get a FISA warrant without verifying and FISA, corroborating all the, the information.
2: The, which they did. The FISA warrant in this case.
0: They did. They corroborated it all. Like, hey, guys, are you listening to this? This is, this is where you see the real news. And this is why Operation Gridlock that we're going to talk about in the second hour is, you know, uh, working. And every single person that's listening to me now, you've been complacent without knowing. Because what's the best way to get a PSYOP going <laughs> for the other person not to know that they're part of the PSYOP? That's, that's, that's the first rule.
2: So Jim, was, The FISA arrest. warrant in this case was issued by the FISA court and it was subsequently reauthorized I think it was four or four five times. times by four or five different judges. Every single one because of them. Because
3: they were lied to every, every time.
2: Every single one of those judges was appointed by John Roberts and, and oh. I,
3: I, those, that's, how, that's how FISA warrant, warrants work. Right, let me share with the audience. With that I think it's very interesting. I want to get your take on this. So do you know the name Felix Sater? <laughs> yes. Another one of Trump's inside circle. How do you know that name? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So there, back back on 2000, I think it was 15, Felix Sater was working with Michael Cohn to set up the Moscow Project. Okay? Okay. So Felix Sater's got a history of being involved with Russia. Uh, he was part of like a mafia situation. He'd been, you know, been had some run ups with the law. All right? Yeah. He was on Chris Hayes' show a while back. I want to share with you a little bit about what he said. Make sure we have the volume of guys so Tim can hear this. But listen closely to what Felix Sater says and then think back to the possibility of a setup in the context of what's happening here.
2: It's established that you worked with the
4: government as an intelligence asset, right? Yes. Uh, There is no parentheses, no bookend, no close on that relationship, correct? No, there is no bookend and close end, and I would uh, work with my government in any capacity that they would ask me today, tomorrow, until the day I die. You worked with the FBI. Yes, I did. You worked with Andrew Weissman, who is yes, a, a lawyer of the DOJ, yes, right? Yes, he signed my cooperation agreement. He signed your cooperation agreement. Andrew Weissman now works for Robert Mueller, correct? Yes, he does. Okay. People look at this and they maybe start to think two and two equals four. You're a guy who knows how to talk
2: to people and pass information along. You have a relationship with the FBI and you've got a relationship with Andrew Weissman. Andrew Weissman is currently working for Robert Mueller. Are you working for Robert Mueller?
4: I'm not working for Robert Mueller, nor have I ever worked for Robert Mueller.
2: Have you cooperated with the FBI in its investigation?
4: I'm sorry. I cannot answer about anything about any ongoing investigations that are happening. That's not for me to say.
3: That's not Alex Jones and InfoWars. That's right. Chris Hayes, MSNBC. He's got a cooperation agreement. He's working with some investigation. Sure. What's yeah,
2: I mean when when you do business with criminals, you're gonna run the risk that some of those criminals have flipped. To the FBI.
3: From well, that point. Doesn't it seem odd to you that all of a sudden he shows up with Michael Cohen in 2015 about a Moscow project? Uh, 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 what seems odd to me
2: is that at this point in the presidency, the national security advisor, the, the campaign pre- uh, chairman, the deputy campaign chairman have all pled, pled guilty. And today we learned, today we learned that the president's inauguration committee joins the Trump Organization and the White House. And the Trump campaign. We now had the inauguration committee. They're all under criminal investigation. So what I'm saying, we were going to talk about what's going to happen with Trump. <laughs> I think Trump's in deep trouble. I think the again the, the events are getting faster and faster. Uh, we're going to find out what Flynn told Mueller, and it's it's not going to be good for the president, his campaign, those his inner circle. My my theory is that that's the that's the American half of the of the conspiracy with the Russians who who uh, uh, were either uh, directed to hack the DNC or after they'd hacked them, were directed when to release those documents uh, through WikiLeaks, that there were people on the campaign that were the American half of that. I believe Flynn probably knows a lot about that. I believe that's what he's been telling Mueller about. And I think we're getting very close to the day that Mueller's going to indict the American half of that conspiracy. And there's going to be a lot of people really close to the president. Some maybe even named Trump, okay? At that point, Mueller's going to have to make the decision, is he going to indict the president? While I think he has the power to do that, I think there, there's a DOJ memo that says that the DOJ shouldn't do that. I think Rob, Bob Mueller is a rule follower. I think he will follow that memo. I think those indictments will come, and then Mueller's gonna issue a three, 400-page report that's gonna have all of this in detail, and you and I can read it, we can go through, and it's gonna say the President did this, and he knew this, and he did this, in terms of the conspiracy, and that afterwards, here's what he may or may not have done to obstruct justice, and that's gonna go to Congress, and then we're gonna have a decision to make. The, the Chamber of Commerce Republicans in the U.S. Senate, John Thune, John Barrasso, John Closer to Home, right? They're going to have to decide in the face of all of that, now what do we do? Do we stay with the president or do we start to break with the president because what he's done, what's alleged here, is just going too far? That's going to be the really interesting part of so it. So you
3: think that clearly there's going to be impeachment proceedings?
2: No, I, oh, I, think, I think that the House, uh, the House will have to decide.
0: Did you miss that? These are all Republicans. Listen to the names he just dropped. Listen carefully. That.
2: now, what do we do? Do we stay with the president, or do we start to break with the president? Because what he's done, what's alleged here, is just going too far. That's going to be the really interesting part of it. So this.
3: you think that clearly there's going to be impeachment proceedings?
2: No, I, oh, I think I think that the house uh, the house will have to decide if there are the votes for impeachment. If this is as bad as it could be, if this report is. Like Watergate times ten, and there's proof that the president—if there's proof the president said, yeah, tell WikiLeaks to leak those emails. If that's if that exists. That's way worse than Watergate.
0: So. Way worse than Watergate. Listen, the president didn't give any orders on that. He had no idea. His campaign team heard through the grapevine that WikiLeaks was getting these. This was all staged. And it's because of the mole that was within WikiLeaks, which will be exposed later. We'll talk about that later. Because that same mole, along with a bunch of really, oh, pro-freedom journalists, help throw him in jail And then advocate to not bring him to the United States. That's the difference. This is where you're seeing. So, you know, he's calling on all these, you know, Republican senators that he can control, right? To do their job. And I've been calling out the same ones. And, you know, that state is very important. Again, it fuels, feeds, and protects the United States of America. That's where all our bombers leave from. When we go to war, they leave from there to go. So uh, more close attention to the peripheries. And, I, and I've and i been saying that the peripheries are what get you. You know, uh, your brain can think, but if your arm's not responding, you're not going to get much done. Right. Take a listen to what else he says.
2: Could there be a House vote? Yes. And then it goes wait, wait, to the wait.
3: Senate. What, you're, so now you're saying to me that WikiLeaks got the emails from the DNC server. Well, they certainly did that. They, they released them. But I thought you said a while back that you thought that Russia hacked the DNC server.
2: Well, yeah, the, Russia did. For sh- both of those things are true, Chris.
3: Russia hacked
0: the DNC No, they didn't. Uh, it was actually imaged by American citizens.
2: DNC servers. We know How that. Do that, know that? How do you that know was that? was the burglary. How do you know that? How uh, do you know that? They've been, Bob Mueller's indicted 13 of those soldiers as spies. How do you know that the DNC server was hacked by Russia? I, I know what you have to do to get a federal indictment that says that
0: you can get an indictment on a ham sandwich
2: that and i trust that document so if that that's where i'm coming from bob muller is indicted 13 russian spies and soldiers who hacked the dnc that was the burglary like watergate that was the burglary the burglars didn't get caught at the time. They escaped with the goods. Somehow those goods got to WikiLeaks, and that's so the mystery. So how do
3: you know that Bob Mueller knows that it was those thirteen Russians? Because he charged them in
2: open court in a federal indictment. You don't. I can charge you, you with a crime. Well, no, you, you can't. You're not a federal prosecutor. What? Bob Mueller. But see, that's my point, Chris. Bob Mueller is a federal prosecutor, and there's a process like that. And and if he if he has done that and he doesn't have the proof, I mean, he'll go to jail.
0: Ha. So you want to know who's going to jail first? Well, one of the charges. Did you hear it? Okay. So why are they so going crazy about this to prove that the it was a hack? And why is Ronna McDaniel helping again, 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 again? Think, think, think. Hmm. They're protecting everyone, including Bob Mueller. And unfortunately, our AG is, has a long-standing relationship with Bob Mueller, so he. You know, I mean, we'll get this done after Labor Day, of course. You, you, this is—it's
3: one I'm of my favorite theories. Is, I don't think Bob Mueller; he might be a great prosecutor, but he's not a internet or a d or a server forensic person. Okay, Ooh, so he's got experts, fair, sure. But my point is, the experts that they used. It was CrowdStrike, Crowd yeah. not the FBI. Yeah, okay, well, so why wouldn't they give the server over to the FBI is my point. So, and the, the reason why, which yeah, you probably can look this yeah. up yourself, is because of Perkins Coy. Do you know who Perkins uh, Coy is uh, and who runs course. it? Of course, absolutely. Okay, so Bob, who runs Perkins, so Perkins so Coy? Bob
2: Bauer is a part right. of Perkins Coy. And yeah. who is Bob Bauer?
0: Well, Bob Bauer had to step down. Bob Bauer was the White House attorney for Barack Hussein Obama. Bob Bauer was the one that managed all the money. The DNC, Hillary for America, and Obama for America— Used to pay, um, let's go again, Fusion GPS, who then was actually employed by key pen quarterly group, PQG, which is owned by Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones worked with the overseas company. And then we're going to throw in CGI federal. Now that's going to be big and that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. Obviously I'll be running a story on that one soon. You know, how pissed will you be? How pissed will you be if I can name the names of the people that have made a fortune on your tax dollars with this Mueller hoax? How pissed? Pissed off? Will you be knowing that the Canadians have been making bank and using the fact that they're in Canada to spy on you and me? Because you know that's Canada, so it's not illegal in Canada to spy on Americans, now is it?
2: who was Bob Bauer, he was the the campaign's lawyer, the, the and the White was White House Counsel for a while for who as well. for Barack Obama. Thank you, very Bob. Much. I mean, Bob Bauer's okay. a friend of mine. None so of this is you, you go look
0: up
3: the executive order that has. Right. Per-
0: Bob Bowers, a friend of his, that is currently, uh, you know, was <laughs> stepped down for Perkins Coy, and um, we're going to see some criminal charges on that end, too.
3: Perkins Coy and Bob Bowers so- say, saying- you better keep your hands off the server. I'm just telling you, Yeah, no,
2: and let me tell you how you investigate a server. You never turn the server over. I was U.S. attorney for five years. We got search warrants on numerous right. servers. We never put them over. You have a, a company like CrowdStrike image them, and exactly. you get that. That's exactly. how it
3: works. Okay. <laughs> and then you just go, yeah, well, obviously, then that, that's exactly what happened. So love the discussion. we got to wrap it up there. We will continue this because obviously there's going to be a lot more coming. Thanks for having Thank me, you me for on. You bet. Man.
0: Ha. So that is from 2018, you guys. 2018. Huh. That's pretty interesting. Now on that note, I just want to play, um, the causes that I feel very strongly about to give us all just a little break and I will see you in just a bit. Okay. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, where, where you get tomorrow's, next week's, next month's, and even next year's, and even after Labor Day news first. And, um, you know, there's going to be uh, – guys, you know, I really wish – I really wish my paying job was just to do this. I I, I kid you not. Like I – that would be the epitome of getting paid to do what you like, right? But I guess, um, you know, the righteous or the righteous message or those that do good, you know, are usually people that don't um, – <laughs> don't get to do that. (laughs) Sucks, doesn't it? But, um, I, am really trying to squeeze into my time because it really does burn me out. Um, getting all this done, like right after the show, I have so many interviews with people that have put these dots together, uh, for me, uh, because I have been reaching out to, you know, the janitors, the, you know, the real eyes of America, uh, to kind of bring this up because that's what you have to do. Your source isn't going to be some clown that cuts a paycheck from the federal government and sits pretty in a multimillion dollar home because, you know, they're usually bought just like every other person that we see out there bought. So, you know, I'm just really glad to be on this journey with all of you, this, uh, you know, this war because we're at war and I feel like, you know, we're there, we're drumming, you know, in, uh, you know, in the front of the line because we're warriors and we are legit the news. Uh, th- th- there's no other way to explain this because right now what we're going to see is the, the delay, uh, from uh, judge Sullivan is only because they are trying to find an out. He is trying to find an out and he's got judges all up in his grail telling him what he should be doing. I mean, obviously through others. So this get Flynn, we're not going to let it get away because think about it. Think about it. Why bring up a charge against the sitting, you know, why bring up a charge against a man who has served his country for over 30 years? Why bring up a charge and ask for him to be sentenced to zero jail why would you do that? Oh, because you don't want him to be able to eat. No more retirement. You want him to be discredited and, and in turn, be unable to work in a federal position ever. Never, ever be allowed to have a federal contract. I mean, this is like totally, you know, super kill. I mean, that's what they do. I, and And me, on a very smaller scale, I've been on the receiving end and it's like... You know, what do I do? I just have to wait. I can't force a clown to, to realize when they've been defeated because they think they're all in might, almighty and super high up there. But no, man, no. Goliath goes down with a slingshot from the little guy. Always. And right now we've all been throwing slingshots, slingshots all over the place. We, the little guys, the little Davids have been throwing slingshots everywhere. So, Here's, um, you know, what people are going with is that if he doesn't dismiss it, then the appellate will and blah, blah. No, that's not how it should go. What we need to do is, and this is where it's going to show where Bill Barr really sits. Okay. Cause him saying, oh, we withdraw it. He knows guys. He's been around the block. He knows. I mean, I'm not a lawyer and you know, definitely not a judge. Definitely not a legal analyst though. Uh, you know, I do want to tell you that I have, you know, my heart, well, the future said so, so it has to be so right that I will be sitting there, uh, working on legislative stuff, um, with ours truly at some point. So that way I can see what they're putting in. Cause I know the traps, <laughs> uh, but I'm not a legal expert, but pretty much if the prosecutor, the new prosecutor withdraws it for, on behalf of the DOJ, then the question is, well, the previous one didn't. Yeah. The previous one was fired. Why was she fired? Yeah. So human records, human resource, uh, you know, private, whatever, right? No, smack her with some charge because she knowingly and willingly colluded with general friends, previous law firm to put him in a box. She colluded she misused her office. She miscarried justice willingly, knowingly, and obviously <laughs> with a big smile on her face. I remember President Trump appointed her and she is supposedly a Republican. So the question is, Hey, Jessica, who is talking to you? Which senators and Congress people? Because, you know, Tory can tell if you want me to. I can start talking, but uh, you know, I think it's best if it comes out of, you know, the Justice Department's mouth, right? Or in a court of law, right? Because, you know, I'd love to see Judicial Watch, uh, you know, sue the U.S. attorney or Sidney Powell sue the former U.S. attorney for colluding, you know, (laughs) with the previous law firm. I just... San. So this is all the buzz, you know, in these DC law firms and they've got, they're monitoring everything. And you know what? General Jones and his Clear Force project, super on fire. So just a warning, unless you can decode my, you know... My burner number off of my tweets, I suggest you don't call me or message me because he is, he's, he's on it. He's like on, he wants to know who's talking to Tori. And you know what? You're going to be like, Tori, you know, you're not, no, I'm not. But I give it to people that have bigger platforms. Now, if they actually take it and run with it, that's another story. But regardless, my listeners will always know, always now in a certain you know time period of course and the people that i work with but besides when i have the information you know they're always listening you can assume they're always listening and those reporters and journalists and citizen journalists and citizens that i work with Uh, obviously a recorder too, but yeah, it doesn't matter because by the time we're talking about it on unsecured lines, not in little, you know, places with little Faraday bags or on burner phones, (laughs) a train has left the station. So this is another delay that's coming upon delay, but I want us to recap what you heard from the mouth of the person leading two movements. One, get Flynn. Two, voting online, voting through mail, voting through an app. He was a pioneer of that, using that as an excuse and making the Native Americans feel like, I'm with you. I'm so with you. Nee, nee, nee. And in the meantime, he created back channels for human trafficking and how they control them is with the drug trafficking. You know? And it's really sad to see that tribal leaders would allow that to happen uh, to their people. It is. But, you know, when money and protection and, you know, this uh, fake, you know, uh, you know, Um, how can I say, contribution, they make them feel like they're contributing with all these stupid committees. Uh, You know, it makes them feel bigger. Oh, I can call this person on the phone. They totally take advantage of them. So they use drugs to drug them. I mean, I had uh, one of my people that was giving me information, clearly told me he was running uh, the children, he was actually using a vehicle to run the children uh, to the lower level and adults, right, to lower level people uh, that were renting apartments uh, through various housing associations um, and ultimately going to elected political officials uh, that knew about this uh, within the state of North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, all the way out to Las Vegas. So that's where the chain is. And, um, you know, importing and exporting humans uh, from Canada, from the Canadian border. Right. So this young man was himself a victim, uh, from a very young age. And, you know, I always spoke with victims throughout my life. Um, never really understanding, you know, how they can make them out to be, um, not credible or whatever, but, you know, until it hit really close to home, you know, I always had like this outside, it's still outside cause I haven't you know, been a victim myself but I guess when a part of you is you kind of feel it too and um, uh, maybe that has helped me maintain my sanity in some f- shape or form but these children uh, grow up to be adults and some of them fall into that loop of the self um, you know they don't like themselves uh, they fall into alcohol drugs uh, prostitution because they don't feel worthy and this uh, young man Uh, you know, came out of that shell. And even though he was struggling, trying to be clean, because that's how they control you. They give you drugs, money, you know, alcohol from a young age. We're talking like uh, his ordeal started when he was, uh, I think 10, he said with the fire chief of his uh, city. Uh, Yeah. And I'm dropping it and (laughs) come at me then. Sue me. I dare you. Let's do this discovery. Um, So, um, it started then, and this boy was actually executed. Um, executed, uh, right around, um, July 4th of 2018. Executed by local police that were exonerated. Executed. There's a video where they uh, executed him at the back of his head because apparently he was drunk and disorderly. So he deserved to get shot in the back of the head. But this is, this is where it goes down to. These are the corrupt, people, they think that you are nothing but, you know, a, a commodity to them. And the minute you start biting back or fighting back, it's like, how dare that? Who do they think they are, you know, coming at me? Yeah. You know who we are? American battle warriors. That's what we are. That's what people should understand. We're in charge. You work for me. It's not the other way around. You're supposed to serve me, not the other way around. And now we're coming down to the SCOTUS GATE countdown. Because the one thing that you heard this clown Perdon say, right? <laughs> Is all the FISA judges were, you know, single handedly picked by SCOTUS and and he supervised all of them. Are you getting where I'm going? I'm just saying, just saying, just keep that in mind and we'll revisit that at some point. I mean, I forget some out, some, some way to, you know, sometimes to go back because if if those of you that have been listening to me for a while, I told you, you know, this whole Russia thing is BS. Wait till China comes into the picture. You'll see what a big enemy they are. Remember we talked about it. It was like China, China, China and AI. Do you see it now? Do you see how in 2019 in January, I told you what was brewing in 2019, didn't I? China and AI. Can you see AI coming to it? Can you see um, how uh, you can push through and um, observe that, hey, wait a minute, This is where, wait a minute, we've had this information because I'm not saying something that somebody else can't say. I mean, obviously I'm a time traveler, so I'm giving it a little bit early, but, um, I'm not saying something that can't be, um, you know, said, I am saying things that anybody can say, but they choose not to. Uh, so that's important, uh, that people understand that. Hmm. And this is where I'm going to get to on Operation Gridlock. So Operation Gridlock, I'll tell you what. There was, in an old school version, um, there is, uh, let me explain it to you. So I'm going to give a fictitious one because this is not information that should be shared with the general public, but you'll kind of get it. So let's pretend I wanted the people of Narnia. Right? Who were revolting against globalization. So the people of Narnia were revolting against globalization and they were upset that, you know, their government of Narnia was going to be, um, buying and selling energy, uh, well, no, buying energy from Hogwarts, um, even though Narnia could produce it itself. And the Narnians were really, really upset. So they were like, ah. So then here comes the ultimate kingdom that I worked for, because this is something that I did. I worked for the kingdom. And so the kingdom says, Narnia, you are to to the Narnia politicians, president of Narnia and people, you have a problem. We need you to be buying energy from Hogwarts. Your people need to shut up. No, but the people of Narnia are realizing that we're working against their interests interest. How do we fix this? They say, don't worry about it. We'll make them think that you're working, that, that everything is going for their interest and you just do the deal. So cue music. I come in back then the internet wasn't a big thing. So what did you do? You planted pro Narnia stories and you paid people to do pro Narnia stories. And then they would also run the bad ones too. Like the, what a great deal, you know, they would kind of sometimes hint that they were on the Hogwarts team, let's sell to Hogwarts, but it was the kingdom that conducted the message and we made sure we had citizens of Narnia that looked like they just came out of nowhere and they were punching back to the mainstream media. We created them and they were so powerful. They had a big following and everyone would listen to them and suddenly this big umbrella. See, this is PSYOP 101. So where I'm going with this. So I've talked about this before on how Twitter works. So today I get a DM from someone and I get these DMs all the time, not just this one person. And that person introduces, oh, hey, so-and-so said I should follow you. Hope you FB. And I'm like, oh, I do Facebook. Thanks. Oh, not Facebook. Follow back." So I said exactly what I say. And I told you before, I don't follow back simply to follow back. If I did that, I would never be able to see the content I want. Makes no sense. How do you follow a thousand people? If uh, 10,000 people, if each of them tweets just once, how do you see 10,000 tweets? Follow back is not how Twitter works. Their response. Wow. I, and I said, I only follow accounts to produce content I want. Is this some sort of contest? Are you a troll or something? It's not a contest. Trolls don't respond nor have 30,000 followers. I'm a friend of, and name drops my friend. Sorry to have triggered you. (laughs) So then I was like, yes, they do. Troll accounts do have a lot of followers. As someone who worked with Brennan, we created trolls old school Sock puppets when if it was on social media, they would have a hundred thousand followers. They'd be saying everything you want to hear and then drop these little things like, sorry to have triggered you. So this is it. All of you need to really come together and understand that they use something that is normal in human nature. And that's called the ego. Everyone wants to feel important and that's normal right? I guess for me, the whole, I feel important thing doesn't work for me because all my life I've been working in the shadows and, you know, and people see that as being extremely cocky because someone will tell me something and I'm like, I really don't have time for that. Like my close circle of friends are so small. It's not even funny, not even funny. And some of them treat me like, you know, other people because I'm like a strange type of, you know, creature. Um, I will talk with you. I will socialize with you, but I will not, you know, call you a friend easily. Hmm. And the reason is, is because, you know, we have to dedicate time to friendships and real friendships don't demand time right? They don't demand time. It's like when I call my friend from fa- from France, right? And I haven't spoken to her. Like she had two twin boys, kid you not guys. She had two twin boys. I was going through some things, spoke to her. I haven't spoken to her since. It's been a year since she's had the babies and I can pick up the phone today and we could just start talking like, oh yeah, we've been talking every day. That's what friendship is. Okay. That they don't demand, you know, your attention. The reason I say this is, People see it wrong and social media has conditioned every single one of you. And, and this is part of the ego thing to think that if you don't have a massive following that you're not important and that's not true. That is not true. If you don't have a blue check mark, you're not important. That's also not true. People, you know, I see people that put in, I'm followed by this person and that, but nobody cares. You know, I don't go on Twitter to see who follows you or for you to demonstrate how important you are. I go on Twitter to see the news. So the fact that I'm following 999 people, that's a lot because that's a hundred, at least a hundred tweets a day if everybody tweets once. And so here's where operation gridlock happens. So in the example of Narnia, right? The Narnians, what we did was we congested their feed with the same message over and over again, right? Right. From different people. So while they thought that the, the government of Narnia was doing their bidding because they could see it out there. In fact, it wasn't really being done because it, you know, the information one was sequestered with these, you know, influencers and two, you weren't cutting through the noise. So all of you, even if you're scared that they're going to unfollow you, unfollow a lot of people you don't look at content much for, uh, you know, go to their Twitter feed, see if they're putting out original content, right. And stuff that you want to see. Like I follow people that have like two followers, maybe three, maybe 10, maybe a million. Nobody, you know, I follow them because I'm interested in the stuff they share. You should do that too. Because what you're going to understand is Operation Gridlock is in full effect right now on Twitter. And all of you unknowingly have joined in. You didn't know it. You just thought, oh, this is great. I've got a big following just like that guy. Oh, I got 30,000 followers. Nobody cares. You don't have anything original to tell me. So obviously I'm not following you. And that is how all of you should operate. I task that to all my listeners, reduce it down to the people that actually not only retweet stuff you like, cause I do follow a few people just because they constantly retweet other people. So that way I don't have to follow a lot and I'll see their content, right? Like I don't want to follow this blue check Mark, but I know this person's a huge fan and they follow that and they retweet that. So I'll stick with them and I'll follow them because it fills up my news the way it should be. All of you should start doing that and suddenly you're going to see that the news, news that we believe are there. The news that we believe are there, that things are getting done are really not there. It's an illusion. And this is probably why real news is not cutting through. Not probably. I'm telling you that's why. See, because with 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 Operation Gridlock, the way it happens is I'm gridlocking you with all the messages you want to hear and I create like the suitor echo chamber. Yes, you see the evil messages of Narnia's already going ahead with the hard work signatures, but it's like this. And then there's like a spectrum of how the bad news is given to you in a good news way. Rather than you see black and white, you see a spectrum from white to black with a lot of gray in the middle. And that gray in the middle is filled with like retard, tweets that don't chime in, but simply retweet to fill your feed. This is how they congest the traffic. And so every single one of you that have ever said, follow back, you're victim of being employed by them, right? Employed by them for, uh, this operation. And some of you are getting paid. I know which ones they are. (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of accounts out there that were being paid. Some were banned. Some were banned, right? And everyone's like, oh my gosh, they got banned. And it's like, well, you know just saying. So this is this is the problem. Yes, there's algorithms to shadow ban you. Yes, there's algorithms to make sure that you don't get seen that nobody, you know, is visible that you don't get the message. Yes, there are. But the majority of the congestion comes from you. That retweets, that demands follow backs, that you're following more people than are following you and people are just following you simply so you can follow them back. Like like me please like you too. This is like Nosedive from Black Mirror. If no one's, if you guys have a Netflix subscription and you really don't, you could probably go to YouTube and find portions of it. I urge you to go and watch uh, the episode called Nosedive um, that Netflix um, has out from uh, a series called Black Mirror. You really need to watch that because then you'll understand just how easy you're being manipulated um, to focus on things. You know, I, I've had people follow me and they're like, You didn't follow me back, so I'm on following you. And I was like, Fine. Fine. You don't want the news. Don't follow me. I don't care. I'm putting the news out because that's, that's my duty as an American citizen. That's my duty as a, since I've never qualified for whistleblowing, right? To whistleblow (laughs) per se, even though I don't qualify for it. So this is how, you know, um, things operate. So now... I want to um, direct you guys to um, a video. We're going to shift gears. We're going to come back to Operation Gridlock. I want to direct you guys to a video that our president uh, retweeted of uh, my one and only true favorite um Tucker Carlson. So we're going to play that, and I'm going to skip through these commercials right quick. Um, we're going to play that one second. There we go. Because it's, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. Let's see. Is this... Um, here we go.
5: Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. On Inauguration Day 2017, it's likely that not one in 100,000 Americans was thinking about Russia. It was the last thing most people were thinking about. The Cold War had ended peacefully more than 25 years before. Moscow was no longer America's main strategic rival, as it had been for 50 years. Russia had been downgraded instead to the status of a regional power consumed with disputes with obscure places like Ukraine. In the American media, there were more stories about Russian alcoholism than there were about Russian ICBMs. But in the White House in Washington that morning, Russia was very much the main topic, it was January 20th, the last day of the Obama administration. Outgoing National Security Advisor Susan Rice sat down at her desk to write her final memo. Rice described the presidential transition, which had been underway for months. Then she wrote this. During a meeting two weeks before, quote, President Obama said he wants to be sure that as we engage with the incoming team, we are mindful to ascertain if there is any reason we cannot share information fully as it relates to Russia. Now, Rice did not explain why Obama's staff felt it might not be possible to give intelligence on Russia to Donald Trump's staff, or for that matter, why the Obama people thought they had the right to withhold national security information from an incoming American president who had just won a national election. But Rice didn't need to elaborate. There was only one possible explanation for this. Donald Trump could very well be a Russian agent. Barack Obama himself said he believed that was possible. In Rice's words, quote, the president asked Jim Comey to inform him if anything changes in the next few weeks that should affect how we share classified information with the incoming team. Comey said he would. Now, what exactly does that mean? Here's what it means. The president of the United States turned to the head of the FBI, the most powerful law enforcement official in America, and said, continue to secretly investigate my chief political rival so that I can act against him. Comey's response? Yes, sir. That's what Obama was saying, openly. In any normal period in American history, this exchange would define Barack Obama forever. Obama would be known as the disgraced former president who used federal law enforcement to hurt his political enemies. That's what he did. Unfortunately, this is not a normal period. Already today, Obama's order that Comey investigate Donald Trump has been relegated to a little-known footnote. Joe Biden happened to be sitting in the room when this happened. Has Biden ever been asked about that? It's possible he never has been. Most media outlets have ignored the origins of the Russia conspiracy hoax completely. And as a result of that, Barack Obama's plan to derail his successor unfolded with very little opposition along the way, including from Republicans. The entire country, therefore, spent the first three years of the Trump administration hyperventilating about Russian collusion that did not exist. Susan Rice assiduously did her part to help it along. Here's Rice in July of 2017, a year and a half later, suggesting on network television that the President of the United States was indeed working for Vladimir Putin.
4: He's taken a series of steps that had Vladimir Putin dictated them. He couldn't have mirrored more effectively. Um, what his motivations are, I think, is a legitimate question. One that I trust that uh, the Special Counsel I- is investigating. But the policies that this president has pursued globally have served Vladimir Putin's interest in dividing the West, undermining democracy. Does that mean you think it's an open question whether or not he's compromised by Russia? George, I don't know what his motivations are. I think that's a legitimate question.
5: In fact, it was never a, quote, legitimate question. It was a reckless slur, the most reckless possible slur the kind that damages a whole country along with a politician it's aimed at. Rice knew perfectly well there was no evidence at all that Donald Trump had ever worked for Russia. We know that she believed that because she admitted as much under oath in a closed-door hearing in Congress. As Rice explained to the House Intelligence Committee, the reason she was willing to accuse Trump officials of treason against their own country was that some of them seemed unduly worried about the rise of China. Here's what Susan Rice, for example, said about General Michael Flynn. Quote, General Flynn's focus was on China as our principal overarching adversary. He had many questions and concerns about China. And when I sought to elicit his perspective on Russia, he downplayed his assessment of Russia as a threat to the United States. He called it overblown. He said they're a declining power. They're demographically challenged. They're not really much of a threat. And then reemphasized the importance of China. I had seen enough at that point and heard enough to be a little bit sensitive to the question of the nature of General Flynn's engagements with the Russians. Did you follow that? Because Michael Flynn correctly described Russia as a declining power and then went on to criticize Susan Rice's close friends in the Chinese government, Susan Rice concluded that General Flynn must be a Putin spy. This is idiotic and it's crazy. It's hard to believe that Susan Rice was once National Security Advisor of the United States, but she was. Evelyn Farkas was once Barack Obama's Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense. Farkas repeatedly went on television to say there was ample evidence the Trump administration was colluding with Russia. And yet, like Susan Rice, Farkas said something completely different under oath before Congress. Quote, I didn't know anything, she admitted. Now, we quoted Evelyn Farkas saying that on this show on Friday. Farkas responded to us by claiming that we were, quote, missing some key facts. Now, originally, she agreed to come on tonight and explain what those key facts might be. She is running for Congress now in New York. Unfortunately, then Evelyn Farkas backed out. But we fervently hope she comes back to tell us what those might be. We'd like to speak to Barack Obama, too. That's unlikely, so we'll have to settle for what he has told his friends. On Friday, Obama had a purportedly private call with supporters that, of course, was immediately leaked to the media. In it, the man who sicked law enforcement on his political rivals accused the current administration of undermining the rule of law. That's the kind of stuff where you you begin to
2: uh, get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but uh, our our basic understanding of of rule of law is, 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 uh, is at risk.
5: Institutional norms. These people are nothing if not predictable. What you just heard, as always, was textbook projection. You see it again and again and again. What they accuse you of doing, they are eagerly doing themselves. The rule of law, yelps Obama. It's almost amusing. The press doesn't find it funny in the slightest. They see no irony at all. They repeat it verbatim with solemn faces. Over the weekend, Chuck Todd of NBC accused the attorney general, Bill Barr, of gutting the rule of law, of ignoring it completely. And to prove that, Chuck Todd used what seemed to be quite a damning quote. Watch this. I want you to listen to this Bill Barr answer to a question about what will history say about this. Wait do you hear this answer. Take a listen.
6: When history looks back on this decision, how do you think it will be written?
2: Well, history is written by the winner, so it largely depends on on, uh, who's writing the history.
5: I was struck, Peggy, by the cynicism of the answer. It's a correct answer, but he's the attorney general. He didn't make the case that he was upholding the rule of law. Struck by the cynicism. Chuck Todd, who is married to a political consultant, was just... Struck by the cynicism. He could barely believe it. He was stunned. Bill Barr didn't even mention upholding the rule of law. Kind of a major admission, omission for an attorney general. But wait, it turns out that Bill Barr did mention the rule of law. It was at the center of his answer. Now that was a CBS tape. NBC got a hold of it and edited out the words to distort Bill Barr's meaning. We have the real tape. Here it is.
0: When history looks back on this
1: decision, how do you think it will be written?
2: Well, history is written by the winner so it largely depends on on <laughs> uh, who's writing the history. But I think a fair history would say it was a, it was a good decision because it it upheld the rule of
5: law. Yeah. To be clear, Catherine Herridge did not edit that tape. She did a straightforward interview. NBC News edited the tape. Now, if you're shocked that a news network could be that openly and aggressively dishonest, so buffoonishly dishonest, then you haven't been paying very close attention for the past four years. They've been doing it since day one with the Russia hoax, and they don't plan to stop now.
0: And they don't plan to stop now. And this is part of Operation Gridlock, you guys. This is how they use it. So they put out the lies for their devoted, insane liberal base, right? But then what they do is they have the right-wing people with the hundreds of thousands of followers that give you the more curved version. And then they go out on fights with the, with the left and they're like, Oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm taking hits. I'm, I'm, I'm. And it's like all for show. And this is like one of the oldest playbooks ever, ever. I'll see you guys right after this short break.
4: The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision, will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America, we will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
5: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
6: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st congressional district because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right. Welcome back everyone. So here's where, um, you know, my, uh, I, I don't want to say plea, but my, um, notion to you is okay. What I want you guys to understand, um, where we are in regards to, um, say it. Where we are in regards to the information warfare, you have to understand that if indeed, like you heard Tucker talk about how they were thinking, do we give them a defensive briefing or not? Right? I wrote about that in 2018, 2019. Actually, I first wrote about it in 2017, right before Huffington Post destroyed my pen name account. And not only that, some of my articles, because I had published them through Medium a long, long time ago, I still have some of them, which were other ones where I drew from. Some of them were directly uploaded or not. And the reason was because obviously with a column with so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers under my pen name would give me credibility. They took it down. And so what, you know, you, I've noticed is, and all of uh, human nature, it's human nature to follow the leader, right? If you have a lot of followers, then that means you're a leader. If you have a lot of followers, then that means your opinion counts. And that's not the way it should be, uh, especially on Twitter, right? I guess, you know, if you've got the cushy chair and tons of cash coming in, you're obviously successful. So that translates that you're doing something good. That's not necessarily the truth. So there's so boxes that people get on, you know, and they just elevate and supposedly they build a credibility. It should be through action. Now, all of these, all of this information I have been saying since it happened, like when it happened, yet you weren't able to see it or hear it because there wasn't a platform that agreed with you to provide you that pseudo, you know, satisfaction that where it was coming from was credible. It could have been, well, hey. I'm proving to you from the past that I was right. Uh, On my own website, I had put down that they had refused a defensive briefing, which is criminal, that a previous administration would not offer transparency. And I published that uh, last year, this month, again, in another form. Just as a reminder, since I had my own page and I can put it out there and I had my own radio show. So I was like, well, if one of my listeners listen to it and they see this article, then maybe other people will be brought to it and see it and see it. So under one article that I wrote, Russiagate part two, is where I outline things that now you're finding out to be true and now you're putting into context. So think about it this way. If we didn't unwillingly, right? And unknowingly partake in this information warfare that they've attacked you with this operation, right? This operation against you, like Reagan battalion is a totally leftist, you know, thing. It's actually paid for by media matters. Yet tons of people follow them. I can point out a lot of people that are sitting in Fox at Fox news that you consider credible because the president retweets them again. He retweets the content that these people retweet. Uh, Do you think that every single blue chat mark doesn't take information? I mean, do you guys remember how Jack Posobiec stole Laura Loomis' story and pushed it off as his and didn't even give her credit for it? Happens all the time. Now for me, I don't care if they take it and run with it. I'm like, that's okay. You don't need to give me a hat tip. I don't care. I'm not doing it for the hat tip. Because if I was doing it for the hat tip... I would be sitting with a big fat paycheck and not relying on, you know, the people listening to me or the people reading my articles tipping me so that I can pay for the website and supplement, you know, that hour of work or that day of work that I put or my travel expenses to go meet with sources. I would be doing it with, you know, because this, no, citizens uh, never get funded by interest. They are funded and fueled by thank yous. They are funded and fueled by, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the actual results coming to fruition, and so every single move you make is you as an individual should be for that reason. And even though many of us get frustrated, I, I, I I see people that tweet out and they have like two followers and I'm like, damn, that's a really good comment. I need to follow this person. Well, let me check their Twitter feed. Is this like a one trick pony? Because maybe I want them to invade my Twitter feed so that I can see what they have to say. And so this is how, you know, it goes on. And a lot of people seem to, you know, say, well, you know, this, this is, not an operation. Yes, it is. Because even you, the one with the tons of followers that talks with people and puts things out, understands that these high profile accounts have multiple accounts. I'm telling you, I never, ever, 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 ever put information out um, that is my content under somebody else's name. Ever. 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 If I have a pen name, that's different. It will never cross on my well, I haven't had a pen name since right before Big League. So I haven't had a pen name since then. With Big League, I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's do it. Uh where the editor in chief at that time, Patrick Holly, who I adore by the way, um, you know, uh published a first article that I gave him as a tipster. He put my name on it. And I was like, no, no, no. Put your name. He's like, why? Just put your name. Cause it was way too much for me. Oh my gosh. I'm doing it in my name. Oh my gosh. I panicked because it was like, well, do I want to? And then it's like, you know what? Whatever. Let's do this. I'm okay. I'm ready for it. It'll crush me because we've seen it. Matt couch went in right with full righteousness, uh, dedicated his time. Look at him now. He's lost everything. And he was a target of these big other reporters that wanted to get whatever grassroots information he was getting. So, again, I task you to pull yourself away from operation gridlock. Go through who you're following, make sure like while you're looking at your Twitter feed in the next couple weeks. And I and I task my fellow journalists to do the same thing. Look at who you're following. Are you seeing content that's original? Do they say something that prompts, you know, some thought and you're just like, whoa, that's super, I didn't think of that. That's the kind of content you want because that's how you break away from this gridlock. Because if there wasn't gridlock, then someone may have seen, you know, my information that I put it out. Hey, this is a setup. You know why? Because they're not doing a debriefing. You know why? Because they had this meeting. You know why? Because the Supreme Court's involved. You know why? Because this, you know why? Because this, but it seems like I'm bouncing back from this Operation Gridlock echo chamber. And this is how it operates. This is how it goes. Um, every single thing that is how it goes and so it was pretty incredible um to see it um pan out and how it motivates people to be let me tell you something there's this one journalist i'm going to tell you this 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 super hilarious um i had written an article and i'm pretty sure you know this journalist is listening um i had written an article pff, a year ago And it was on my website. So apparently because it was on my website, it was worth taking it and running with it. Right. And so that journalist, instead of coming to me saying, Hey, you know, I did this, blah, blah, blah. Um, they sat there and went to a friend of mine who's another journalist and said it. And I was like, well, my my stuff is timestamped. Like, what are you talking about? But, you know, it's the same one that tried to derail the QAnon movement. Ah, you don't know about that, but I do. See, because QAnon, I haven't talked about QAnon very openly. And there are very, 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 very important reasons why. And that's why I said my Subscribestar people are going to hear things, um, uh, you know, when I edit this um, audio that's going to be shocking. But um, what people need to understand is that um, they there have been... You know, and this is the female, so we're not talking about the one that all of you think it is, um, that have tried to derail um, an actual psyop, right? But for the good, which was to penetrate Operation Gridlock, um, to make it uh, nefarious or hijack it uh, because they wanted to profit from it, just so you know. So there were people that you follow that you think are credible, and I'm telling you that now. That are actually journalists, right? They're not people that analyze, you know, drops and stuff like that, that have, um, purposely and attempted to hijack, uh, what was going on, but you can't hijack a quantum computer. So anyway, um, because nobody can, (laughs) that's why the FBI is arresting and questioning people so they can find out how, because sometimes, you know, the good guys have more technology than, you know, um, so Uh, I'm trying to demonstrate to you what needs to happen because the elections are coming. And they have ramped up so hard that they've pulled out of the woodwork people that have retired, people that are sitting down with Mai Tais on beaches in Florida in retirement villas to come and attack our nation. The nation that we envision, not the nation that we currently are struggling to hang on to, but the nation that we envision because right now we're in that middle thing you know that 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 road of i don't know you know um i um is it freedom am i a slave no nope. let's just get over it <laughs> We've been in in chains, invisible chains, for decades. And Operation Gridlock is key. That is actually an operation that was deployed by um, the early uh, formation, from the early formation of the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, where they gave birth to the term conspiracy theory as well, because anyone that was cutting through the noise of Operation Gridlock uh, was deemed a conspiracy theory. So they, they did it as such. So So what's incredible is, is, uh, this push, this insane attack, the attacks are getting worse. They're getting stronger. I mean, the fact that we're pissing off the New York times where they're looking at the little people that just tells you how scared they are and all of it is happening right in front of your eyes. But because we're so congested with information, we cannot see it. Because we're so congested. And the thing is, we're being, you know, I said that May was the time that the, the seeds that we have been sowing all this time are coming to bloom. And it is being fertilized and rain is coming down. Tears of pain are watering these flowers to bloom faster. And it's like, Whoa. Um, you know, in the future, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be like 2040, right? In 2040, according to the, the most dominant timeline at the moment, uh, in 2040, uh, what you, what assignments are going to be is, you know, to your grandkids, right? It's going to be like, uh, you know, essays. Describe to us the effect of memes, uh, during the era of the Trump administration, This is it. This is where they're going to be analyzing the psychological warfare because there's so many deployed programs. It's ridiculous. So many of them. And, you know, for me to say it, it's like, I see it with different eyes. Like I get frustrated, uh, you know, with people that I work with and, and friends where I'm like, how do you not see it? You know, how can you, it's it's like telling a colorblind person, how come you can't see this color? I can't make them see it right? because they don't have those eyes. I see it differently. I see it differently only because I was that painter. I used to paint those colors. I used to put them out there to, 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 to mm, deploy the things that we are trying to avoid right now. I mean... So I see it differently. And there's so many people out there that see it too. Um, just so you know. So on that note, please take a look at who you're following. And even though they're following you back, be brave enough to unfollow them and not care if they unfollow you. Cause if they unfollow you because you unfollowed them, then it means they didn't follow you for your content. They didn't follow you for your voice. They just did it to add to operation gridlock. So this is what you need to do. You need to be able to see the news again. Think about it. If you're following 10,000 people and each of them puts out one tweet, how many of t- those tweets are you going to see in a day? That's the question you need to ask yourself when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about it, how many, um, how many tweets of those are you going to see in the day? You're not going to see, uh, th- you're not going to see them, right? You'll have to be sitting down. Okay. And seeing one tweet, wait, so it's 86,400 seconds of the day, right? So if 10,000 tweets go by, um, I guess if you only take eight seconds to read each tweet, then you'll see all of them. And that's if they come in your feed because nobody tweets once, they tweet twice, they retweet, they do. So please keep it for yourself. Use the information highway the way it was intended. Why are you building up the traffic against yourself? You are stacking yourself against being able to see the news and hear the news and identify the news. So this is where you're like, all right, am I in this for my ego or am I in this to actually be part of the war? what kind of soldier am I? So this is how you need to, to kind of move forward. And I say this because there is a lot coming out. I mean, this Thursday, you know, president Trump loves hump day because that's when he humps, but, um, he also loves throwing back shade on Thursdays. So, um, that's, uh, that's a task that I give to all of you. And I want you guys to pay attention to the little things that count, um, the little things that count, uh, the notions, like all of us are like, yeah, Bill Barr, you know, um, uh, he did this and he said that and he withdrew. Wait a minute. It's a trap, right? It's a trap. Um, because if he really wanted to get it done, he didn't have to withdraw. He just had to file charges against Jesse, because she was the original prosecutor that was appointed to this case, and that is where charges. I don't know. I mean, he could go criminal, or he could say that she's been, uh, you know, reprimanded by the Department of Justice for, um, you know, uh, malicious misconduct, um, abusing her office, colluding uh, with external uh, legal counsel in order to cause harm spar her. That's what he has to do. This is how it goes away and Judd Sullivan can pretend that nothing happened. But you know what? Judd Sullivan knows. He drops it, he's doomed. He doesn't drop it, he's doomed. Because Gate is in full effect. And it started on May 4th, actually. <laughs> but um, there's so much more to come. So I'll see you guys tomorrow during hump day because... Yeah, tump day. Much love. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. See you tomorrow.